Welcome back, podcast listeners, episode 109. Tony, we're here today to talk about the true value of advice. Um, and we're going to run through a IWF report that I have here. And as you said, I'm going to ask questions and you're just going to answer them. Yeah, thanks for the three-minute warning on it. <laughs> I've, I've got a head full of amazing information just having come out of the uh, tax and commercial law exam. Riveting. Riveting. I said that that's what the podcast should be today, but you, you stated that you've done the exam and it's the last thing you want to talk about. I finished it with 22 minutes to spare. Quite proud of myself. Look at you go. I, I obviously studied way too hard for it. I think I always finish 15 minutes early because if you didn't fi- finish 15 minutes early, then you had to stay right to the end and then you had to stay while they collected all the papers. So you used to always try to get out there a little bit early. So I think you're at that. All I know is my poor mother hasn't got to see me for the last couple of weekends because I've spent them studying because I'm not very good at actually planning out my study. Yeah. I, I tend to cram <laughs> so it's, uh, with everything else going on in life. So, yeah, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that's over. So we'll start on this report, um, and, and it's interesting, and we'll talk about how you know, our clients see us and how we see our clients as well and, and the value that we believe that we bring to the table. But the value of life, it, it starts off by saying, overwhelmingly, the research, research shows that advice improves not only the financial well-being of people who receive it, more so as well their full well-being, including improved mental and physical health, as well as healthier relationships. <laughs> now, why do you think that is? That's a, that's a big one. It is a big one, but when you consider, and you know, we have a very good friend in here, Joe Walters, who's a divorce lawyer, and you know, a lot of divorces do come around due to money issues. Uh, so that means there's a whole range of other issues as well. Yeah. But a lot of them do come around to money issues, and of course, we know of um, when the seminar that we're hopefully still doing next Thursday uh, for Harmony Alliance. There's a lot of, um, you know divorces that occur where money is actually uh, not so much the issue of spending too much money or anything like that but um, you know how we have physical violence, verbal violence and things like that but withholding money and withholding bank accounts and withholding stopping somebody from doing stuff by withholding money in a marriage is actually also a form of abuse too so when you think about it is when both parties are involved in the household budget and they're both fully aware of it. I know your household is, mine certainly is. Uh, I get given my $50 weekly allowance. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, but the, the thing is though is that what it does is it actually does create harmony. Now also too is that stress is one of the major issues of illness and sometimes that illness can just be anxiety and not getting out of bed um, as well. So so we're not just talking about the long-term effects of things like cancer, etc. But when you consider if you're going through financial stress or sometimes that financial stress is just financial uncertainty, that can create huge amounts of anxiety where it actually stops you leading just a normal life. We're not talking about, okay, I'm just going to go out and splurge and things like that, but we all know of the uh, gambler's regrets and things like that as well. So so when it comes to actually having a financial plan, financial planning isn't about how much money you have. Financial planning, the first part of it, which you know Lucy in our office does so exceptionally well for our clients, is actually the budgeting side and actually understanding what money you have and then where that money is going um, at the same time. That just gives you some type of certainty uh, or sometimes just gets rid of the clouds uh, to be able to give you that certainty to be able to go forward and get out of bed in the mornings without suffering fear. 
Mm. You know, I think we can all suffer a bit of anxiety when we have big bills coming up and maybe there's been a bit of a surprise. I'm, I'm dealing with parking fines at the moment. And <laughs> <laughs> they are avoidable. Yeah, they just to let you know. So, so but, you know, those unexpected costs that can come can sometimes cause stresses in your life. Oh, absolutely, they can. And, but even, even um, you know, if you think of the stresses that people faced last year when the first lockdowns happened here with COVID, uh, people were uncertain about their jobs, self-employed people were uncertain about whether they could keep their business, whether they could keep their house, etc. So if you think of that stress, I mean, the stress I went through was just being a caged rat. But, there's a, but basically, if you think of that type of stress that comes with uncertainty and the amounts of... I know Willard's partner works at Beyond Blue and they were inundated, uh, absolutely inundated uh, with uh, calls of people just in fear, not knowing how to cope with it. Yep. And that comes down to that uncertainty about money. Yep. Now, I'll, I'll, we'll go over some um, stats while we're talking here, but this is from a core data survey um, of 11,600 advised clients and more than one of 1,000 unadvised individuals. This is from the IWF report, so that's what we're working with here. But what I found interesting is 90% of advised clients agreed that their advisor is a critical partner in their financial success while more than 93% of advised clients rated their financial advisor as very good or good with respect to the value of their services. Now, that's probably higher than where I thought, um, not from our end, but we know that there's a lot of shit in the industry, but that's showing that people that actually do seek advice um, and are engaged are actually feeling like there is a good outcome. Yeah, it's, well, first of all, you don't know what an outcome can actually be unless you see a planner and they help you with those goals. But, you know, so, sometimes... On, on that, uh, I'll, I'll throw out another stat, but surprisingly only 27% of Australians have received advice in the past, and that's including only 13% who have received it in the 12 months. Now, that was in November 2020. Yeah, so uh, when you consider, uh, once again, if we take COVID as that example, uh, there were two type of phone calls that we got when the markets really started... Um, we went to lockdown here, what was that, 27th of March, but... Realistically, the markets went through a meltdown from January to March. I think they kind of started realistically in February uh, when we started having a meltdown in the markets. And we got two type of phone calls. The first phone call was, you know, people ringing up saying, should we be buying Qantas shares? And the other phone calls were uh, people ringing up and saying, my God, what's happening? The market has melted down. You know, and and you can have some very savvy investors who still go into that panic because... They're 15% down in the space of two, three, four days, maybe two, three, four weeks. Well, that 15% could be, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollars. Um, and that's very hard to make up. Is this in the world? Is this a GFC event? And we had a look at it, you know, with our investment committee. We all sat down in here and having been through so many major crashes, etc., was the, you know, over 29 years, is basically I said, well, one of the things I see different about this time around, it actually, it's through uncertainty, this major correction, it hasn't been, so it was a major one because it happened with a punch in the face. It was, you know, basically they say the escalator up and the elevator down. This was the elevator with the cord snapped <laughs> falling. Uh, so it wasn't just a steady decline like the last quarter of 18, 2018 was. Um, so what was happening is people going to this panic, is this going to be another GFC event? And and as we said um, in here was, we don't believe it will be for the simple reason that, um, you know, there was no corruption or fraud involved this time. There was no 
Uh, it's not as if like during the Russian currency crisis where people would just get gambling yeah. on that going up and things like that. So, so this time around, we were actually, we didn't like the fact the markets dropped, but we weren't concerned. And in actual fact, we took the opposite uh, effect that, you know, the old adage, and this is the actual share price, but if you liked Microsoft at a dollar and we don't think its earnings are going to be overly affected by this, well, we really like it at 80 cents. So that's when we push the defensive side of the portfolio. So sometimes uh, the value of the advice is just keeping a level head. Because those clients who actually rushed to cash, none of ours did, but we do know of one who didn't come on board with us as a client, he rushed to cash. Uh, his advisor panicked, he panicked, he rushed to cash. And now if he had been our client, he would have been about $700,000 better off by actually staying in the market and not even utilising any defensive component to go into the market. As well. I mean, we're talking a very large portfolio, obviously. Yeah. But that's an example of the value of advice that sometimes it's just keeping that steady head and knowing what to do. Um, and, you know, if I ever was to pick the bottom of the market, I can tell you I pulled that one out of my backside. <laughs> because, But you, you just do know when things seem right or don't seem right after many years of experience as well. That's just one very simple example of the value of advice. Yeah. So this is what I'm interested in as well, is the professional financial advice delivers a range of tangible benefits. And what we're going to do is go through the top five voted um, and discuss. I think the second one to me is probably the most important, but I, I can understand why sort of the number one was voted there. But So I'm just trying to look over here. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll really so 19% <laughs> said um, that their advisor helped get the most out of their situation. Um, yeah. Now that can mean a range of things, but how have you seen that with clients? Uh, well, as an example, you know, clients, um, say, approaching, um, you know, retirement age and things like that, and they have a lot of uh, money sitting in a taxable environment, whereas within limits and rules, we could move some of those funds to a non-taxable environment and actually earn a tax-free income from it. That's just one tangible example. Um, somebody wants to say, I want to buy a property because I want to get money back at the taxman negative gear. Well, you never buy anything to get money back from the taxman. That's that y you always buy something because you think it's got a growth aspect. And it's so hard to negative gear in today's market. And, you know, the, the half Jewish side, I mean, just simply says, well, why would you spend a dollar to get 50 cents back anyway? Yep. But the other side of that, though, is, well, why don't you, if you've got excess money like an extra ten thousand dollars and you still got that uh, capacity to be able to contribute in super why not put that money into your super fund uh, and claim that as a tax deduction so you got ten thousand dollars worth of tax deductions there uh, straight away so you actually are getting money back from is assuming your taxes just as you know salaried employee you are getting money back from the tax man from that example but you're actually building towards a larger tax-free environment and Sometimes I've heard some younger clients say, you know, 40-year-olds and things like that, saying, yeah, but retirement's 20, 25 years away. But you're not going to buy a property with a view to actually selling that property in five years' time or three years' time or needing access to that. So these are just looking at the, the difference in tangibles. And, you know, we, we did one example for a client where the difference of a 2% return over their working life was a difference of $723,000 in retirement based on their current income increasing by CPI. That's the value of advice when they were in a portfolio that was taking a little bit higher risk to actually get the same returns that they were. And then they had another part of their portfolio 
which, you know, bearing on their age, only had 30% on market and 70% defensive. Now, in fairness to them, they didn't actually know where their money was invested yep. uh, through their superannuation fund. But that's an example um, of tangible um, tangible benefits to advice. Yeah. Now Sorry, I'm going to touch on this, Jamie. The most tangible benefit of advice, though, is someone whose client who's gone through an insurance claim with us. Yeah. That's the most tangible benefit of advice. Yeah, and we've seen that a lot. Unfortunately, uh, but we've never had a client or a client's family turn around and say, listen, you should give some of this back, it's too much. <laughs> I guess this is so this leads into the second one. This is the one that I thought may have scored a little bit high, but avoiding pitfalls, and maybe that's hard to determine sometimes for people, um, but, but I think it's a really good one. Yeah, that's no different than the example I just gave earlier of not running to cash uh, yeah. when the markets are coming down. Another one, avoiding pitfalls, is uh, is avoiding the, I did say a couple of uh, topics from Willa. Talk about Bitcoin, it's just like not a hope. <laughs> so it's, uh, but, you know, it's um, avoiding uh, the pitfalls could be just not following the herds. Yeah. And, and I'm not bagging Bitcoin here or, or any cryptocurrency. I do that in private. But it's, uh, but it's, it's more the case of, though, that, you, you know, sometimes following the herds is just one of the biggest mistakes you can. And the amount of people to go rushing into the markets when the markets are very high or go rushing into the next big thing or go rushing into, you know, whether it be, it doesn't matter what share, I'm not even going to mention a name, Willard or Willard just stare at me. <laughs> but it's, it's actually just more the fact of, you know, go rushing into shares uh, because they seem that it's just gone up by 120%. You know, over the space of six months, you know, and then they say, well, it's just going to keep happening. Well, you know, these things don't. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's sometimes it's just that keeping that level head and avoiding the fads. Um, this one, this one's always important and, and, and forms part of our SLA and, and clients will always say that. Statement of advice. Stop using abbreviations here. Left them in a better position. Um, and we highlight to every client that comes through the door um, about why we're putting the advice in uh, and, and where the better, why they're better off for that advice. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's the I think it's the very first paragraph we put in our statement of advice. You've got seventy five pages or forty pages, yeah, or whatever they are in there. But the very the very first few paragraphs in there is why you're better off by implementing this advice. That's the most important thing. And as we always say to clients, and this is why uh, we just charge with our time those first meetings. We don't charge the client. We 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 swallow the cost of that first meeting because we actually don't know if we can help them. If we can't help them, we we'll actually point it out to them as well. Because any, any existing client or any uh, prospective new client that comes to us, they have to leave our office in a better situation than what they were when they first walked in. And that, that's, the, that's, that's the scenario. And that's what being in a better position is all about. How can we help them rearrange their affairs to achieve their goals and put them in a better position? Yeah. The last two, uh, I guess, are quick ones, but we've already touched on them. Um, it was helped them secure protection against the unforeseen. Yep. Again, we've touched on that. And made them tangibly better off um, within their financial future. What we'll, last, what we'll finish off on is why a relationship with a financial advisor matters um, and some key things. And I think our stats in here, and it'd actually be good to get the data on this, um, but 66% of clients' um, relationship with their advisors have been five years plus. Mm. Now you've had some that have gone 20 years plus. Oh, oh no. we've, got, we've got dozens who are in excess of 20 years as clients. Our longest serving clients. Les passed away about uh, five months ago, but he was yeah. 93. Uh, but his great-grandchildren are clients to this date. So Les was a client for 26 of my 29 years in this industry. Yeah. 
So clients associate trust, understanding their needs, expertise and communication as the overwhelming factors of assessing the quality of relationship with their financial advisors. Well, we, we don't stop communicating with our clients and that's why we like to do this. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, I've been told I could speak with a mouthful of marbles underwater. But if you're going to talk about the importance of communication and speaking with clients is that, and this is what we always stress to clients, is that sometimes I say, yeah, but nothing's changed. What do I need to speak to you next year? But it's the importance of making sure they're still on track and understanding what they have and why they actually have it and why that's been actually put in place as well. So, you know, just being able to measure are they on track. And sometimes that meeting might only take 15 minutes, but it's, it's about measuring are they on track to achieving what they actually want to do. But there's another part of this too, and this is the benefit of working with a full holistic advisor, which we are, um, and I know of many other good ones that are too, is that, as an example, is the talk we're giving, hopefully next Wednesday in Victoria, depending on what happens, to yeah. 150 accountants. But it's um, the benefit of, or the actual don't, reason... Don't give too much away on this talk, because this will be a podcast in itself. The reason why <laughs> lawyers, uh, accountants and financial planners slash insurance advisors should all be working collaboratively with each other for the benefit of their client. And, th- and that's one of the most important things. So as an example, if I put something in place, just a very quick example without giving away everything, Jamie, uh, but thank you for telling me what it's the podcast is going to be. I appreciate it. It's the relationship. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the thing is, though, is as an example, I can put a client that better position statement we discussed earlier. Yeah. I can put a client in a better position, but if that all of a sudden um, opens up their estate for potential lawsuits and things like that, and I haven't referred them, to an estate planning lawyer to make sure all that side is protected as well. Have I done my job correctly? And and that's unfortunately where a lot of financial planning firms and accountants and lawyers uh, actually do fall down um, in providing that advice. So that's, that's the value of advice. The value of advice isn't always about turning a dollar into two dollars. It's about protecting all that as well. Yeah, the last thing I'll finish off with the relationship as well. It, I sort of said the relationship with the financial advisor, but I think it's the relationship with the firm um, yeah, and what makes our clients. And when we talk about trust, as we just mentioned, the trust is with the firm. So, you know, calls don't have to go to you, Josh and as the advisors. Um, they can come through to anyone in the team and, and they answer different questions. And the trust our clients have is they actually direct calls to different people in here Absolutely. Um, and, and have that relationship. So I, I think that's that sort of these are why people trust advisors is once they're in, they have a multiple of people working for them um, to ensure that their financial needs are... Well, it depends on the firm. There's a lot of one people shows out there, which aren't bad firms yes. necessarily, but there's only so many people they can look after. Yep. They still be compliant by law and all the rest of it, all the other boxes that we have to tick as advisors as well. Uh, so not necessarily add value to a client's life, but we have to do it by law. And so the the... The idea of that, I mean, the idea of us, and especially as we continually grow, is that we can only take on more clients if we've got more people to make sure those clients' needs are serviced at all times and everything is done accordingly and appropriately and updated when it needs to be updated as well. Yeah. Tony, thanks for today, and uh, maybe relax a little bit after that exam. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm trying to crack my neck as I'm sitting here. My neck's <laughs> a, little bit, uh, a little bit tight and stressed over the last week trying to cram this study, this cramming stuff. You know, I, I know Lucy can do it really well. I can't. <laughs> so it's, um, thanks, Dick. Thanks.
Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co, which we are an authorised representative of Sound Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Coffin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Coffin Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Coffin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.